Hey, this is Nathan. And this is Thomas. Today on Not at the Pastor, we have special guest Kyle Austin with Collegians for Christ. And he is going to talk with us about how important it is and how easy it is for your church to start their very own college campus ministry. If this is something you've been considering or even something that you've never thought that much about but would be open to the idea of a campus ministry, then this episode is for you. You listen in. It's going to be helpful. Kyle Austin, thank you so much for being with us today on Not the Pastor. How about we just start out with you telling us a little bit about yourself, you, your family, where you all are currently living, where you serve, and, and just get help our listeners to learn a little bit about who you are. Yeah, no, I'm glad to be on here with you, Brother Nathan and uh, Thomas. And uh, I'm from North Carolina, East Coast, and uh, born and raised there, and uh, that's uh, kind of my history. And uh, I have a, a family, my family, my wife, uh, we've been married 17 years. I have a two boys and a 13-year-old teenager and a two-year-old young boy. So, yes, quite the spread. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, but it's <laughs> been good. Uh, the yes. young one keeps me young and the teenager keeps me uh, yeah. from pulling my hair out. So, uh, <laughs> they're, uh, they're great boys. So, uh, we definitely, uh, we get to serve as a family too. It's not just, you know, in this ministry, it's not something that just I'm doing. Me and my wife serve side by side. Love that. Um, and my, my older son, he served with us uh, in this ministry since he was five. So he loves it. We are based out of uh, Greenville, North Carolina. People's Baptist Church is our home church, kind of our base of operation there. Pastor Tim Butler is our pastor. And uh, so that's kind of where we base out of. Uh, East Carolina University is there. And that was one of our second ministry startups. So we're kind of in the background working with that ministry while we do a lot of traveling and, you know, work across the, across the country, really. That's awesome. Very good. Well, Brother Kyle, we wanted to have you on today because we wanted to talk with you about college campus ministries. And normally when we have a guest on the show, it is a over the computer Zoom interview, but you actually came all the way to Springfield, Oregon. You're sitting here in the church building with me because you are, you're helping us to try to get a, a campus ministry going right here in Eugene, Oregon. So you work with the CFC, Collegians for Christ. Can you tell us a little bit about what CFC is, what it does, how it functions? Yeah, definitely. Just kind of a brief history. Collegians for Christ started at the University of Tennessee almost 25 years ago and I ran at the University of Tennessee just for years. Great ministry there. And that's kind of where I got exposed to it. So we took it to Appalachian State about eight years ago and planted the ministry there just really from the ground up and began to really, I guess you'd say, organize Collegians for Christ into more of a organization a uh, with a mission, an effort to go beyond just maybe one campus. And so you can kind of look at Collegians for Christ twofold. One, it's a network of campus ministries on various campuses that are, you know, through like-minded local churches uh, sponsoring them. And then the other side of it would be a local church ministry where we partner with and help uh, the churches to get established on campus. That looks different for every church. Every church is, uh, you know, in a different position. We kind of come alongside training, resources, do some of the groundwork 
kind of uh, educate, you know, what does it look like to go on to a secular university? How do we walk through that process? Uh, you know, a lot of times churches really, like myself, have no idea what to do. You see all these buildings, you don't know who to talk to. <laughs> You know, it's daunting. You see students everywhere. So where do we even begin? Yeah. So we, we kind of walk churches through that. We, we've uh, discovered the process, a legal way, and uh, we walk churches through that. So Inclusion Christ is set up as a nonprofit. It'll always be a local church ministry. And we, you know, are just helping churches to, to navigate that and then providing resources to students, uh, that young adult uh, college age uh, mind frame. Yep. Very cool. How many campuses is Collegiate for Christ involved with? Yeah, we're uh, roughly about 15 to 18 campuses. Okay. And, uh, that's, you know, some of, many of them are approved. Some of them we're working to get them approved. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, but it stretches off about, about 10 or 11 states right now. So very cool. God's, very wonderful. God's been very good to us, yeah. Excellent. Getting, hopefully getting ready to add another one here. At, add uh, Oregon, yes. Yes, Oregon that'll be, yeah, that'll be good. <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, we're Glad we're about excited that. about that. Well, Brother Kyle, you kind of mentioned a little bit, but how, I mean, how did God lead you specifically? That's a pretty specific ministry. I, I don't know too many people that have said, yeah, God's calling me into the ministry and my ministry is going to be basically a missionary to college campuses, secular college campuses. How did God lead you? What was the process there? What, what were the steps to him leading you into this ministry? We began, uh, one, just I, I didn't grow up in church. And so uh, my testimony, you know, got heavily involved in drugs and that kind of lifestyle, but was uh, reached through door-to-door visitation while I was at an apartment complex and got saved at the age of 21, got my life cleaned up by the time I was 23. I had attended a secular university, but got kicked out. My, my wife likes to clean that up and say I was kindly invited to leave. <laughs> okay. If I, can, <laughs> if I can just put it bluntly, I got it fail from the secular <laughs> university um, and <laughs> I wasn't living up to their expectations uh, at that time so dark time of my life but uh, amazing how God can you I say all that to say that was part of the catalyst really that God would use to to bring us back uh, saying that we got involved in church I've worked with youth uh, youth pastor youth ministry for about seven years loved it I mean just love the younger age age group did not have campus ministry college it was never on our spectrum uh, when I finally went to pursue my education, I went back to, with the idea, I worked with Hispanics for about eight years, thought we we're going to go to Mission Field in Mexico, and God completely closed that door. Uh, we continued working with youth, and then I saw what was done at the University of Tennessee ministry, you know, just that they were able to go on, they were able to have Bible study, do outreach, and so we were praying about being a youth pastor in Greenville, Tennessee. God began to close the door, and uh, honestly, because of a rock slide that closed down Interstate 40 for about a year, um, we would travel from Knoxville back to Raleigh. Instead of going through Asheville, through some mountains, we would go up through Boone. And so doing that, you have to pass Appalachian State University, the same school that I got kicked out of. And uh, so God began to do our work in our heart about doing some type of ministry there. And so Long story short, uh, we moved there. We found a church that had a burden. I didn't know the church prior, but God just kind of connected us. And so we went there and just started a ministry from the ground up, no student contacts, and uh, were able to meet the school requirements. God just did a great work there for six years. We saw uh, students saved, international students, students growing, connecting back to the church, just a hunger in young people's hearts. God allowed me to be the chaplain of the wrestling team there for three years. So I got to go in there in the, the locker room and the training. I got to travel with the guys. Uh, I even got a ring. They won their conference uh, title. Very cool. They, you know, got me a big ring. So it's wow. just 
you know, something on the bookshelf, but yeah. it's, uh, you know, it's, it's neat to see that, uh, you know, a secular university would allow that kind of stuff. Yes. That's very cool. And so that was kind of us going into the ministry there at App State. And during that time, um, I began to try to research and learn and read. And through that process, I just discovered there's not a lot going on in our light-minded churches on, on the secular university. We're just, if I can put it bluntly, we're MIA. So God just began to do a work in our heart where we know how to get on. We, we, you know, we're learning. We're learning how to do ministry. We're, we're learning how to reach students. So let's just take that and let's train and educate and be a resource to churches to begin multiplying these ministries. So that's what God put on our heart as far as organizing it, putting a uh, uh, just an organized effort into it. And, uh, you know, I think the good thing for churches is they don't have to reinvent the wheel and we can kind of come alongside and, and have a, yeah. at least a model uh, that they can take. And, you know, every church can adapt it uh, to the, the campus culture. Right. Um, but that's kind of how God led us in. It was not something I was looking for, um, but it's something I absolutely <laughs> love. <laughs> Brother Kyle, again, probably not a lot of people start out thinking, you know, I'm going to focus on campus ministry on, on college students at this particular campus. Maybe some do, but, Maybe somebody now is listening to this and they're going, okay, I, I see th this is a possibility now, but why? Why campus ministry? What is the potential of having a campus ministry? What could potentially result in focusing on your local campus? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think uh, right before I jump into that, I think a lot of times, um, you know, the, the buildings, the campus, what can we do? It's just all that unknown, that intimidation factor. The potential, man, I mean, I could list out 20 bullet points here, you know, because I just see so much opportunity potential. I mean, bottom line is for our local churches, we must reach this generation. It's, you know, it's not the, the church of the future, it's the church of the present. I mean, sure. they are, you know, our church today. Um, just some I can give you some fruit potential, but uh, as you think about statistics are what they are, uh, they do give us at least some sort of inclination of what's going on. But there's, you know, common anywhere from 60 to 70 percent of young people, 18 to 22, drop out of church. And we see that. Uh, we've been in youth ministry. Uh, we, we've been in college ministry. So we see the reality of that. And it's not that it's just some other, you know, group of, of denominations or churches. Uh, it's our like-minded churches. Um, one of them that really, I guess, shocks me is... Uh, 52% uh, of incoming freshmen who would say, yes, I'm a born again believer after four years would completely reject their faith. Wow. 52%. 52%. Wow. Over half. Yep. And it's, it goes as high as 63% just based on what type of college, where it's at, so forth. Wow. So that is really something that really shocks me. Um, so uh, maybe that's not the potential. I guess the potential of that is rescuing those 52%. Sure. Uh, rescuing those 64% of young people that are walking out of church and keeping them from doing that. Uh, the potential there is to see young people in the church, uh, is to see energy. When you have a church that has that 18 to 29 age, age range, they're seeing there's a drive and energy. You know, it really excites the church. There's servants, uh, servant leaders there. Other potential is uh, the world leaders that are walking on campuses right now. Um, and you think about right now, the King of Jordan studied in America. The president of China studied in America, the vice president of Afghanistan, you know, our, our own president and so forth studied in America. So the potential to reach a world leader on a college campus in America is very viable. Um, I mean, you think about reaching the president of China while he was studying here. 
You say, well, that's kind of big, big thinking, right? But that's the potential that's there. Man, I'm getting goosebumps here. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's crazy. But to, to reach somebody like that, that's going to go back to a country, even, you know, in the, the work sector, whether it's a banker, whether it's a CEO of a company, the opportunity to reach them there is just phenomenal. And I guess, I don't think it's, it's like a far-fetched dream because so many of these young people are hungry. They're searching for truth. And bottom line is, it's who's there that's going to give them untruth or truth. So if, if we're there, we have that opportunity, the ability, and who knows who God would connect us with. So the potential of the ministry is, to me, I mean, I've seen, I guess, the young people, what I notice, uh, there's a hunger there to grow. Um, you think about youth ministry. You know, I did that for seven years, and it's great. Um, but mom and dad are bringing those young people to youth group and making them. Some, some want to be there. You sense that in some, you're like, man, okay, just quit cutting up. You know, I can tell mom and dad are not getting it. But every single one of our young people that are coming in these ministries come by choice. There's nobody forcing them to come. And there is a hunger there that they want to grow. They want to learn how to witness. They want to be leaders. And so the potential to facilitate that and to see them serve in the church, maybe God would call them to be full-time pastors, missionary, missionary-wise, but then the vocational side of it to where these Christian leaders can go into the business realm uh, and be, you know, you see businesses that are Christian-led that have made a huge impact in society. And to, to think about that potential there is, is phenomenal. But Austin, just one of the things that the critic in my mind that pops up when we're having a conversation like this and like going into a campus, all the work that must be involved there. And we're going to talk some about that, but all the work that must be involved there, all those kind of things, aren't people that want to know truth? Wouldn't they just come to my church anyway? Like when they show up to my church, I mean, not all of them have, so I'm assuming the answer is no, but but can you talk to us about somebody who maybe would have, maybe would have a concern like that. I don't need to go to a place that is so wicked that there's so much that's going on there that is not um, honoring to Jesus. Yeah. People that are searching could come find me. Yeah, you raise a great point there. And I think that may be one of the big issues as far as our like-minded churches. Uh, we, we have standards, convictions, separate ourselves from the world. But I believe if we're not careful, we can go from separation into isolation. Yes, sir. And so what I see talking to people is they see the secular university and there is this uh, against the secular university attitude. Um, we definitely don't agree with some of the agenda, what's being taught there. Right. It doesn't mean everybody there is wicked or bad. Yes, thank you. <laughs> but I, <laughs> but I, there's there's some, honestly, there's some great young people, some great professors, but I think the stereotype is as Christians is that's the place. One, we had this idea and Satan's done a tremendous job of fullness that the Bible's out, prayer's out, God's out, and that's just not a place we can even go to, so we don't right. attempt. And then the flip side of that is we, we want to, you know, I just put it bluntly, we want to live in our Christian bubble where it's safe, it's clean. You know, you don't have to see, be exposed to certain things because you are, you're going to see certain things on a college campus. You're going to hear, I mean, you're going to see the raw reality of sin uh, on that campus. And so some people want to avoid that. Unfortunately, uh, the campus sometimes is a, you know, the the church may uh, be willing to go into all their community and preach the gospel except for the secular university just because of, you know, uh, where it's at. So that's definitely something we have to uh, work to tear down and get people to see. One, Jesus commanded us to go there. There's biblical examples of Paul going there and ministering in Acts 19 and Acts 17, a very fruitful ministry. So it's definitely a, uh, a place that we have to work through to tear down that stereotype. And, and to talk more about that too, I know we we've gone to – our local university here, the U of O University of Oregon, and have invited college students. And it's all in the past, it has been, hey, 
why don't you, you know, and we're inviting them to our church. Hey, come to our church. Hey, come to our church. And honestly, the number of students that have uh, come from that is great big zero. There's none that have done that, but there's just something that feels different about going to them and saying, Hey, would you join us in room, whatever, 201 in the such and such building for a Bible study tonight or tomorrow? I mean, we're coming to them, taking that to them. There's just, just something that feels different about that. It's more um, acceptable and sure. and in that as well. And so looking forward to seeing how that goes. Yeah. And, you know, us, you know, we wish they would all come to our church. And uh, as we see, like you said, they're, they're not just all dropping in. And so I think, you know, exactly what Jesus tells us to do is to go to them. Um, and when you do, you're, you're mentioning it, uh, Brother Nathan, about going to them on their territory. There, there's an allegiance there's a culture on that campus, and when we can go to them, the response is tremendous, uh, how they'll come to a Bible study, but then using that ministry to link students back to the church, there's that kind of, you know, link. You're using it as a uh, really a launching point, if you will, to bring students to your church that otherwise would not come. And so we're taking the truth to them rather than waiting on them to, Jesus didn't command sinners to come to church, but he did command Christians to go to the yes. sinners. So. That, yeah. that is what he said. It's interesting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. that, that's good to point out that the end goal is we do want them to come to our yes. church. It's just yeah. as a halfway, Hey, let's start with something on campus there. Yeah. And, and the campus isn't evil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we're, or there's some wickedness being taught there, but they're the, the campus and the people there themselves are not the enemies. We would do that for a high school level yeah, and exactly. not have any problem with that. It does seem, maybe it's just in my mind, but there is something different about jumping that up to that next level. Yeah. So brother Kyle, let's say somebody says, okay, I, I buy it. I'm in, I feel like God is maybe, this is something he's calling me to do is something that he's calling our church to do. Maybe a guy as the assistant pastor or, or maybe the pastor of the church, you know, himself. What, what are the first few steps that takes, that it, that it takes to set up and get a ministry like this going? Cause like Thomas mentioned, you could basically walk on campus and go, how do, where do we even start? with this and it is intimidating it where's is even the front of daunting. campus yeah <laughs> am i even on campus right now i mean yeah, where yeah. where does it start where, yes where's the boundaries you know where's yeah. the fence yeah. yeah so yeah. what 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 are the those first few steps to for someone who says i i, I want to do this yeah no that's an excellent question and um just first few steps i would say just uh even if if you're looking at that just be willing to even contact us so we can just is. even yeah. guide you um beginning like you know we're working with you brother nathan because we began talking to your pastor six nine months ago yes uh, just about what does this look like how do we attempt this how do we begin moving things forward so that would be a great place to start and that's what our ministry is is to to help local churches and as, as far as you know beyond that um i would say what, let me just back up before that just just knowing this that this is possible uh, going to the secular university it's not an impossible ministry it's not a oh this is a big dream now this is very possible it's very doable we've got churches uh, we've got lay people we've got staff people we've got pastors that you know each ministry is individual but that are making a tremendous impact so just knowing that it's doable and then uh you know kind of thinking initially do we have any students okay we have one we have two you know maybe uh, feeling that we have any faculty over there what are our initial contacts over there is it zero is it three kind of knowing what our foundation is. Then we want to find out what the school's requirements are to begin a registered student organization. That's kind of our door in. It's 
the legal way for us to go in and start one of these ministries. A registered student organization, you said. Yes. That, so that's key there. Okay. Registered student organization. So that's, yeah, that's the, the door in that we have found. It's a student led, a student initiated organization, essentially with the sponsorship of a local church. And uh, so we want to find out, is it three students and a faculty advisor? Is it five students? Is it 10 students? It's somewhere usually in that window. Do we need a faculty advisor? Do we not? Uh, we can help you. Sometimes that information's on the website. Sometimes it's not, but we can help navigate through that. Uh, but we want to find out what those requirements are. And then we want to find out the big part is how to we fulfill those requirements. Some churches already have the five students. So all we need to do is process the paperwork, get resources, train, and get you up and running. Some, we need to figure out how are we going to accumulate the 10 students. We do that. We'll set some, you know, a plan one, two, three, four in place and say this is how we should or, you know, would typically go about doing it and see how God will work uh, in that. Um, so that's kind of just the initial, um, the big one, you know, I know you add, when you asked it, you, they feel like the uh, God is calling them to that, but just making sure the pastor is on board Yes. making sure you know there's some I mean that's key first and foremost at the pastor because we've worked with ministries where maybe the associate pastor or somebody's got a burden maybe the pastor's not fully you know he won't sit and sees it but if the pastor's on board and is fully behind it there's a there's a stark difference uh, in the ability for that ministry to move forward for the the people to get the resources they need and that back end uh, so that's that's a big part of it as well so just to recap what you said there brother Kyle but kind of using our personal testimony here at Hillview how that has been working is is it actually it started with my pastor he actually reached out to you then you started looking with us for us into those requirements okay how many students do we need what options are there to getting on the school student organization and such started getting that ball rolling and to the point now where and we've had a little bit of delay with covid because that's definitely interrupted things with being on campus <laughs> and uh <laughs> yeah well well and we were actually due to be approved to be a, a student organization last semester but of course that just got pushed off couldn't have meetings and such and so now we're finally looking to get approval just this month so th that's kind of how that that process worked for us yeah. And many times it's kind of like, well, if I call and contact, does that mean we're committing? And sometimes it's just to begin a conversation about it, you know, so we can kind of even navigate what it looks like. That's what your pastor did. And we began praying together. You know, if we're going to touch base with you, we're going to commit to pray with you for, you know, God's leading in it. So sometimes it's just, hey, let's start the conversation, kind of see what we're thinking, where it can go. And it may be two years. We've had a pastor we prayed with for three years, um, you know, and then God began to put everything together. So just kind of, I think if, it's, if somebody's listening, it's, you know, something they're considering or maybe even thinking about just let's begin a conversation it doesn't mean we're committing to anything but we can at least you know begin to uh kind of see what would, what, what would go into it i appreciate that flexibility sometimes we need that it sounds like a great idea but i need more details here before i'm ready so right. thank you for being willing to have those conversations too i appreciate yeah. you doing that yeah that's reality for sure so but the kyle you're approved. You've got your student organization. You're you're legit in the eyes of the school. You can come on campus and and start meeting, having uh, meetings with the students. But you need students to come to your meeting. <laughs> yeah. how, how, how what ways of outreach have you found effective to to utilize to to meet students and to get them to come to this uh, this weekly bible study which we'll talk about here in a minute how, but how do you first step one let students know about it how do you get them there 
No, that's a great question. Um, you know, if you're starting out, and it varies for each church because every church starts a little different. So let's say you have zero contacts. Um, you've got to find ways to meet students. And how do you meet students? You got to go where students are at. So we've got to go over to campus. And um, one thing I can, you know, if you're listening and you don't know if you can even walk on campus, it's a public university. You can walk that campus. You can go in buildings. You know, COVID sometimes they're looking for ID cards. Uh, dorms you may not be able to go into, but we're going to go to campus. We're going to try to start talking to students, coffee shops, depending on the campus uh, we can find this out for you but sometimes we can go ahead and do some initial advertising we can print up some you know tracks we want to distribute those maybe door hangers stuff like that at apartments um, we can do some a-frame signs you know your church has a building an address typically a website and a church sign and so we need to produce all that somehow for the ministry there on the campus though we don't have a physical location uh, so we definitely a website we get going um, and we have to figure out is it going to be chalk on a sidewalk you say what in the world are you going to chalk on a well, that's the way to advertise. We saw it yesterday on the U of O. They were advertising for a jujitsu club and there was chalk drawings all over the sidewalk. You couldn't miss them. Yeah. So you go in chalk Bible study, seven o'clock yeah. Tuesday night and room 206. And, you know, sure enough, that's that's 24-7 advertising. Yeah. Until <laughs> it gets rained away in Oregon. Yeah. That is. <laughs> yeah. So you just have to kind of think through and every campus we do it a little different, but we have to we have to promote it. We have to get the word out. And the best, honestly, the best resources, students reach students, meaning, you know, they get in there, they're enjoying it. They're inviting their friends. We have special night events where, hey, we have a gospel night. Please invite anybody that maybe you know you you want to hear the gospel and it's amazing how students who are talking to different students will invite them in or if we have another type of event they'll invite friends in and um, really the momentum begins to build once you get some initial students in there and the outreach tables that we do are I think one of the key components where we're giving out free coffee free hot chocolate lemonade prayer tables candy tables exam there's just there's I mean a multitude of ways we do those outreach tables but it's us being on campus consistently student body sees you and I, I think we talked about this today brother Nathan is not looking at the university and a what can the university give us we want to take students and bring them to our church but what can we give to the university how can we you know help the community when they begin to see your attitude that way the school embraces you and many open doors begin to open up beyond just your your weekly bible study to you know I said the door opened up for me to be the chaplain of the wrestling team you know God opened that door up but it was from us being on campus being a asset to the the school. And you say, how on earth could you be an asset to a secular university? You know, their mission is to educate young people to be leaders in our world. Doesn't that sound similar to our mission of our church is to reach young people or older people, educate them with the word of God and truth and help them to be leaders. So you, you can kind of see some commonality there that you can can come together on and uh, find ways to interact with the campus community and just being present uh, is huge. Our goals align in some ways. Our philosophies are very different, yes. but goals align. I mean, we're, we're both trying to raise up leaders. So anything else to, to add to that, Brother Kyle, as far as outreach, reaching out? Staying consistent. And, you know, as a church gets established, it's, it's not having, you know, just two people. That's great. But you think about a campus of 30,000, 25,000 students, usually in a town like that, you have at least a few churches trying to reach that, you know, size town, if not multiple so knowing that you, you know, having two people going there is tremendous. It's great. It is effective. But if we can get some of the church involved in that outreach to increase the potential. And then as the church just has, you know, the eyes, they begin to look for college students. Uh, they begin, Lord just begins connecting people. And honestly, college students are so easy to talk to. You know, a lot of times we think, oh, 
people, they're weird, they're college students, they're intellectual. How could I even strike up a conversation? Um, but there's some questions I use all the time that literally you can talk to any college student. The conversation is flowing, the walls are down, and you can carry that conversation anywhere you want to. Um, so they're very easy people to talk to. They love to connect. So just knowing that beforehand, that they're willing to talk to you, whether it's an apartment door, whether it's on campus, really helps you as you're trying to do that outreach. Especially as you're a Collegiate Christ ministry, we want our, I hate to use this term with ministry, but marketing, you have to market yourself to a certain extent, meaning when we're out on campus, every outreach table, we have our banner, they see the name, they see the name, you know, just like they would ride by and see your church name. Uh, we have to do that with our signs, our tracks, our banners. Um, if we have a meeting, we have a banner outside our meeting door. So students that are in the student union are walking up and down the hall, they're constantly seeing. And after year two, three, four, you become what I would refer to as even a household name of the school. They become very familiar with you. Um, and which is, is very, very helpful as you're trying to reach students and get students to the Bible study in the church. So you've been doing the groundwork. You've put the time in. You've invited students. It's time for that Tuesday evening or Thursday evening Bible study. It's, it's 7 o'clock Thursday night. You've got a room full. you got maybe two or three or 10 or 15 students who are sitting there ready to from the Bible, how does that weekly Bible study work? What are what are the the parts of that uh, that weekly that hour or two hours or however long you have there with those students? What does that look yeah. like? Okay. Um, I mean, of course, you know, you can do anything during that time, but kind of our model, uh, we do it as a Bible study. When I say that, um, we're not preaching to them. They're getting that the normal church services. They've had lecturing all day. So we try to organize it around a, uh, what I would call a discussion-based Bible study. Uh, so students come in, we have food. Can I say this, guys? Yes, food is, is a love language, right? Amen. Yeah. <laughs> it is my love language. Yes. So yeah. we, I think we all can agree on that point. But uh, college students especially, you know, they're away from home from mom and dad so to have some food whether it's just snacks or even you know having some families putting together some good delicious food so it's an easy win <laughs> yes always <laughs> yeah and it's amazing how many students now we don't advertise for this reason but it's amazing how many times we put a sign out bible study seven o'clock free food and right. show up and say hey is there free food absolutely and we yes. say <laughs> <laughs> because of that free food though um, we don't do it for that reason but anyways we food it kind of just sets the mood they can socialize they come in it's not awkward it's not just silence so uh, we have some food uh, we do announcements uh, pass out some we always want to do some visitor cards uh, then we'll do some sort of spotlight and that spotlight could be anything but we have maybe christian people who are you know in the workforce come in share testimony how their faith is challenged or you know the positive side of it uh, kind of identifies with students who are you know studying to be in the workforce it's amazing how many times you know i'm very familiar with charles spurgeon uh, missionaries you know, that you hear about Jim Elliott uh, and so forth, but you know, many times they've never heard those stories. And so we do a little five, 10 minute spotlight where we, we will share it if a group's small, but then uh, when it grows, we'll let them do it and come and report and just share who Jim Carrey is, who D.L. Moody is and so forth. And so that's always been a, a really good part. So then we had the Bible study, 30, 40 minutes. And when I say it's discussion based, it is led. Typically we try to do a conference style room, um, if at all possible at the school, meaning you know, we're around two U-shaped tables or there's, you know, individual desk, uh, but it's not a lecture style hall unless we absolutely have to. Uh, atmosphere is just different that way. Yeah, that's good. And so we lead the Bible study, but we also insert very pointed, open-ended questions to help facilitate discussion. And with that discussion, you know, we don't just let it go all over the place. I mean, who's leading it? You know, we try to educate them and help them to know how to, to lead that. But uh, the students really th thrive on that. 
And then after the Bible study, we have about a little bit of time for praises and prayer requests. Well, a lot of times we'll split them up into groups across the room just so they can get to know each other. Because it's not like a church where everybody's coming in and maybe from the same community. you got people from different states, different communities, different counties, different countries. And so we need to spend some time on allowing them to connect. And, the, you know, then they'll hang out afterwards. The, our, the biggest common complaint that we get from students, like a lot of times the school dictates you get an hour, you get an hour and a half. And uh, we did our, our ministry to app. The students all the time complain an hour is not long enough. The hour is not long enough. And you're just thinking, do young people want to stay longer to study God's word? Are you serious? And uh, so we got, we worked with the school. They gave us an hour and a half and they still said it's not long enough. And so we, you know, finish our Bible study. We go out in the student union, hang out for 30, 45, into an hour. And then we started having students at our home um, after the Bible study. They're there till 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night just because they're hungry. They like the connection point. And so that Bible study is, uh, I call it sometimes a safe harbor for our Christian students to meet, connect. Uh, they can really strengthen themselves after they've been, you know, bombarded with everything on campus. It's a time for them to grow. You know, the the Bible study is, is uh, it's not just the, it's not the end. You know, that's okay. That's our goal. We want to get this Bible study started, but really it's just the beginning. Because uh, when you look at that college campus, there's so much opportunity there to reach sororities and fraternities. Like we had a lady who was going into a sorority home, two or three of those and leading a Bible study. You know, you got sports teams that have somebody, you know, the football team, basketball team usually has a chaplain. And so there's, you know, ladies soccer, there's guys golf, there's, uh, you know, these other teams that maybe are not so popular, but there's an opportunity as God would lead to have somebody leading a Bible study, ministering to them, specifically the international student. It's a whole nother world right there of opportunity that you can reach into. So, you know, the Bible study is awesome but it's just a springboard for a whole lot of other opportunity there on campus. This happened just yesterday. You mentioned international students, but Kyle, you and I were on campus yesterday again at the, at the U of O and within what five minutes of being on campus, we were talking to a student from Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And I, th I think if I understood him correctly, he said it was his first day in America. Yeah. And I mean, he spoke perfect English. I had no issues hearing him, but I just thought, wow, that's incredible. Yeah. yeah, they're talking no, to a guy from Saudi Arabia. Yeah. yeah, no, you've got all these, you know, we want to send missionaries that we've got countries that are closed, you know, that where it's very difficult to get missionaries. It doesn't mean God's not getting them in there. Um, Iran, Saudi Arabia, Iraq, China, underground churches, but God is literally sending the mission field here to our backyards. And you think about the U of O, just for example, has 98 countries represented. Who are those young people? Well, it's the country sending who? The, their leaders. Um, and they're sending them here. And while they're here, they know the English language within reason because they have to in order to get in school. So there's not a language that needs to be learned. They're curious. Um, we've seen international students get saved. Um, they're curious about American culture. They're curious about what Christianity is. And so many times if you engage them, you even invite them to Bible study, they'll come. We, you know, we present students with a Bible in their own language when it's available. Um, the international aspect is just tremendous um, to mission field here in America and in the backyards of churches. But I have two follow-up questions for you, just things that you mentioned. So you're starting a Bible study here and goal is not to have Bible study there. We, of course, want people connected to church and yes. getting underneath the preaching. How are we going about transitioning those people from a Bible study situation to getting them to church? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, you know, we're going there, we're taking the ministries of the church essentially to the campus and we're ministering there. That is our goal. Our end goal is definitely to get students in church. And so letting, letting the students know, one, that it is a ministry of the church, letting them, you know, you know, through announcements, you know, we have Sunday morning service, we have Sunday night Bible 
Bible meet, you know, Bible club or uh, Bible study groups, uh, Wednesday night service. We're having these activities, you utilizing all the church calendar activities, presenting that to the students, um, letting them know if they don't have a car, we'll provide transportation, whether it's me and my wife or whether it's, you know, another student, uh, we'll organize it or whether we're running a church van. So doing that and knowing this, that, uh, you know, you're going to be ministering to students that are there that are going to come to your church. They're going to like it. They're going to get plugged in. They're going to serve, but also knowing there's going to be students that you minister to there that you would have never gotten a chance to minister to that are not going to come to church because, Either they're going to go home on Friday and Saturday if they live close enough, so they're going to miss out on your Sunday service. They may be there at your Wednesday one, or they may come from, you know, when we talk about this, we have a, a smorgasbord of people that come to Bible study, meaning you've got all denominations, you've got unbelievers, you've got international students. And so sometimes these young people will connect with our ministry on campus. They love the Lord. We're, we're ministering to them, reaching them, uh, but maybe they are not, uh, you know, our style of uh, church service to worship style is not what they're used to. And so they come, they check us out and say, Hey, you know, appreciate what you're doing, but you're churching for me. And, you know, just knowing you have some of that, but you no, know, our, our goal is to link them. And we have to, I think a good part is educating your church on when the students are coming in, how do you interact with them? What do we need to do? You know, you know, just kind of giving a little initial training there because that helps the, the people to recognize these are students. These are students from a secular university who have different backgrounds and kind of help them facilitate those relationships is a good thing. But uh, no, we see, we do, we see students connecting with the church, uh, you know, staying there, getting married, serving, um, you know, singing in the choir, doing BBS, yeah, going out on soul winning. And so we, we see a lot of that. That's great. I appreciate that. My second question is, I know you became the chaplain for the wrestling team. What do those kind of talks, lessons, I mean, as a independent Baptist, I love preaching, mm-hmm. but also going into maybe that sitting, how am I leveraging my position there to be able to share the gospel and be able to be a light and a witness and a testimony, but also be sensitive to the fact that I'm also in a public school system or those kind of, how did you navigate that? I'd love to hear from you about what that looked like for you. No, that's a great question. I would say uh, there's different ways we can preach the gospel. One, I, I love to preach. I love to, you know, get before and, and just, you know, let God lead. Um, leading a Bible study is leading a Bible study, but it's, it's preaching God's word. And so learning, you know, the, the situations that I was put in there with the uh, the wrestling team, um, sometimes it was sharing a thought of the day there at their workouts. And it could be a simple motivation. It could be a proverb. It could be a thought, you know, a biblical thought that I kind of translate. So I did that, had that opportunity. We would do a Bible study that just, it was a Bible study, just like I would okay. do uh, on campus with the guys. Sometimes they would lead, sometimes I would be there. And then during, there were some summer camps that came up and I was able to do a devotion multiple times. And when the opportunity, you know, with the guys, you know, you just recognize you're on their turf, one. You recognize that if you're not in a you know church service, uh, you can be a little more relaxed. You know, a Bible study can be conversational. It can be discipleship type setting. And so when we met for Bible study, we're up in the uh, where the the whole sports building is. We're up there, a bunch of couches, and we're just out in just the middle of a hall. You know, meeting together, hanging out. That's where they all like to hang out. So we'd have Bible study there. Uh, those camps, though, um, I had the opportunity to do what we would call a devotion, a Bible devotion. And uh, but I would, as God led, share the gospel, I would, you know, have students bow their head 
you know, give us somewhat of an altar call because I knew in that situation of the guys I was working with on a normal basis, I kind of knew who, you know, who was a believer, who was not. And, you know, you're, you're trying to build relationships in order to, to share the gospel because um, not all of them came to the Bible study. So you're trying to, you know, build those relationships. But when I knew that the camps and stuff happened, I knew this may be the one time these people come, these young people come. And we had numerous young people that would raise their hand, you know, and want them to make a decision for Christ right there in the, the wrestling room. Um, and that's super exciting to see one where you're at the response so saying that you know just knowing which situation you're in how to respond knowing that the coach was giving me this platform um so i have to respect what he wants and if he wants me to you know he told me he said look this is what we're doing i'm giving you liberty but if he said hey i just want you to be a thought of the day you need to keep it maybe don't even share a verse i can still share biblical truth i just have to understand that i don't want to jeopardize the opportunity for my own agenda I believe we can we can seize a moment because without you know his willingness to allow us in I can't get in and so I want to be respectful of whoever the coach or the leader um, whoever that is and you know it's interesting I got to do a lot with the rest of the team but even the athletic director came up to me at one of their special dinners at the end of the season and said man I thank you shook my hands I really appreciate what you're doing for this team for these guys Um, it means a lot you know you just think of secular university here's the athletic director thanking you know a preacher per se (laughs) for ministering and so uh, it's just uh, kind of huge opportunity. So Brother Austin, would you say then being able to be flexible, right? So an opportunity to to speak doesn't have to be like, okay, open your Bibles to this, or I'm preaching out of this passage. But like, like you said, a thought of the day can be a proverb mm-hmm. without proverb <laughs> yeah. I mean, it can. no it can you, jesus said you know be wise as serpents harmless as doves and so just be sensitive a lot of times if we have our own agenda i want to go in and preach i just want to but when i did those camps i had my bible i opened it up i read scripture um just like i would preach but it's more of a teach style you know my, my uh, demeanor and the way i spoke is a little bit different not that i'm shying away but i just think you're you're being wise and sensitive uh, to the your audience into your opportunity. Well, and then taking advantage, being bold when that's available and appropriate, but also yep. I appreciate you saying just being sensitive. You're there on the, uh, on the bequest of someone else and taking mm-hmm. advantage of that is a great way to burn a bridge. And yes. so yeah. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. I know you've got some good stories, brother Kyle, as far as students that you've met who you've had the opportunity to impact them. You spent time with them. You shared life with them. They've been in your home. You've invested in them, discipled them. Well, could you maybe share one story that you just say, man, this, if, if I didn't have any other impact on any other ones, if it was only this one, it would be worth it all. Do you, do you have a story like that you could share with us just to help kind of put the icing on the cake as far as motivation for something like this? Yeah. Um, you challenged me to narrow it down to one. <laughs> yeah, no, there's just so many young people like, and I guess the beauty of this ministry is, you know, I hear preachers a lot say uh, they hate doing weddings and they've, you know, uh, they just despise them. They'd rather do a funeral. I don't know if they're joking or not. I think they're being serious. but <laughs> can't imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> and some bad weddings, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but saying that, um, I've had the opportunity to do, like a lot of times I talk to preachers, they've done way more funerals than they have weddings, but I've had the opportunity to do way more weddings and I have funerals and I'm 
I say that to say the impact that we're having in these young people's lives is not just for, for two years or four years. It goes well beyond. We've got young people right now who are married. We talk to weekly, consistently. We're, we're you know, they come and spend time at our home, even though we're not going to live in the same town. You know, the international stories stick out. There's one young man, just to kind of show you the, the need, I guess, I can remember they have some outreach opportunities that the school provides. And so we set up a table spring semester. The response is not as great as fall semester. It's just the energy and drive that fall semester, new students. It's just that kind of all factor. But we take advantage of every opportunity that we, we can. And uh, we were there and my wife and another young lady were running the table for this time period. And this student uh, literally backs into the table, kind of bumps into them, you know, kind of awkward, but they, you know, strike up a conversation. I uh, invite him to Bible study. You know, he comes. I was pressed that night to really share my testimony in more detail. I'm usually trying not to glorify sin, you know, try to be, I don't want to say vague, but just, but I just felt very more, way more pressed to share more detailed uh, testimony. And so I did so. And this young man is there. And I find all this out later, you know, a month later or so. And so his story is he's, uh, he's at his last straw. He's basically, um, you know, depression, anxiety, suicide is extremely high in college students. So he's at the point of basically taking his life. And he tells me this, and he was looking for another group that day, but literally ran into our table by mistake. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so he comes to Bible study at night. And basically it's this kind of story. I, I'm just just giving God one more chance. Yeah. Um, I'm just done. I'm through with life. I'm just at the last straw. I'm so disgusted. And he comes in and he said, I came in there and I looked around and said, man, these bunch of goody two shoe Christians. There's no way they can even <laughs> relate to me where I'm at. Cause he, you know, he's, a, he's in trouble with the law. He's drugged out, all this kind of stuff. And so that's his walk in. He's, he's like, I was getting ready to walk out. You start sharing your testimony. And I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. God could do this. Wow. God could do that in my life, you know, to, to rescue me from this type of, of lifestyle. And so long story short, you know, here he's about to commit suicide. He comes in and God allows us just to, to meet, connect. Because we were on campus, we'd never been there, we were connected with him. And we'd already had about seven student deaths that year. So when I'm, I'm saying he was going to commit suicide, this isn't just something I'm making up. We already had suicides on campus that year. Like we had a young lady hang herself, you know, literally on campus. So that's a, that's a real deal. So just, uh, you know, his story always rings in my heart just because we're there. God allowed us to connect. There's a preserved life. And, you know, he struggled. He gets good. He, you know, there's been that constant struggle, but we were there to, to help him, guide him. I, there's a calling on his life. He just, he's got to, you know, to fully align with that. I still stay in contact with him. But there's stories after stories of, you know, that. But then there's just those connections um, that, me and my wife have with students still today. Um, and I believe we'll have lifelong, um, that there's no way uh, we'll be out of their lives that just, that just uh, made the you know, ministry so worthwhile. Well, I feel like we could keep talking and talking. There's more I want to ask yeah. you about for my own sake, for the sake of the listeners, brother Kyle, but uh, as, as we're wrapping it up here, what is just one last thing maybe you'd like to leave with our listeners who might be considering a college ministry, or maybe they already have a college ministry and it's just maybe stagnant, needs, needs something to help it grow. What's, what's one piece of advice that you would uh, leave, leave them with? I mean, if you're, you're considering it, uh, just know it's, it's a huge possibility. It's not just some fictitious dream. It's a real reality for your church to have a real impact uh, in students' lives that will go so far beyond just just reaching them. Um, I mean, you're truly going to impact their lives and just know it's, it's, it's doable. I don't know. I guess there's just that intimidation factor I see so many times. 
And uh, the, the college is not the enemy. Um, that secular university that you, that you don't like, that I don't like their ways, I don't like what goes on there, but just knowing is not the enemy. Satan is the enemy and he's using that. And if you and I just continue to tuck our tail between our legs, uh, we can't complain about the condition of America. We can't complain about our politicians and the way they are because they're coming through those schools. If we, if we just know, hey, we can do this, you can't. Just that's kind of just what's on my mind there. It's, it's so doable. It's just some organizations and effort, and let God do the rest. Good. Thank you. Good. I appreciate that. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show with us, with Kyle. Thank you so much for joining us today on Not the Pastor. If you'd like to contact Kyle Austin, his contact information will be in the show notes. If you want to join the conversation, we'd love to have you join us on Facebook. You can find us at facebook.com backslash not the pastor. If you enjoy this podcast, we would appreciate it if you rate and review us on iTunes. Your rating helps get this podcast in front of more people helps rank us higher in listings there so the more people can find us and enjoy the content that you're enjoying until next week we are not the pastor